1: Hey y'all, this is Marcus King and you're listening to Pantheon Podcast. History in five songs with host Martin Popov. A production of Pantheon Podcasts.
0: Let's rock out with Martin. Hello, once again, Martin Popoff back again for another episode of History and Five Songs with Martin Popoff brought to you by the good people at Pantheon Podcast. We are part of the vast and growing Pantheon Podcast Network available on Spotify, iTunes and over 40 other podcast platforms. And actually, Spotify, I believe, is the main place people listen to this show now. Uh, interesting looking at the demographics of all that. Um Hope you can hear me fine. It's pouring rain out here in Toronto. I feel like I'm recording a fair warning, right? Van Halen, uh, that story about having the bay open and hearing the rain come in and getting some of that on the recording. Anyways, um... Yeah, pouring, pouring rain here in Toronto. Um, Yeah, so this one we are going to be calling uh, The Next Led Zeppelin. This is episode 94, The Next Led Zeppelin. This is one of those episodes where I go, I can't believe I've never done this because it's been in my notes forever. Um, But I went back carefully and checked. And, um, you know, actually there are some similar uh, episodes where I might uh, go over some of the same themes as this. I know we did a Next Van Halen and a Next Somebody Else. Um, but, uh, we've got, uh, so, so in terms of sister episodes, uh, if you like this episode, um, number 58 blues for metal heads, uh, is along this line. Number 63, uh, bluesy hair metal is a little bit along this line. So that's almost like blues for metal heads, but later on, uh, and then episode one, believe it or not, of, of this whole podcast was Led Zeppelin in hair metal. Uh, and then episode thirty-two, we did on Swan Song Records. You could you could argue that some of those bands are the next Led Zeppelin. Um, but no, this has been on my mind for uh, for quite a while to do an episode on. So glad to get to it. Um, just recently finished. Um, a uh, a visual biography of Nazareth, and uh, got a lot of cool help from Pete Agnew himself uh, on that, which was really nice. Uh, corrected a lot of things, um, but it was interesting the early days of that, looking at the idea of um, of the uh, the Led Zeppelin type lineup or the Who type lineup, where you've got a lead singer standing there, you've got a bass player, a guitarist, and a drummer, and Nazareth uh, kind of made that transition. Uh, you know, Led Zeppelin uh fairly fairly firmly in mind as they're making that transition. I mean, their first album was actually kind of Zeppelin y, and the second one was almost like their Led Zeppelin 3 and then they uh, and then they went back to their Led Zeppelin 4 with uh with Rasmunaz and on and on to great fame. Um but uh but yeah, that's that's the kind of idea here. Um but these bands are even more directly than Nazareth, because Nazareth wasn't, you know, particularly called, oh, here's the next Led Zeppelin sort of thing, all that on often um these bands uh kind of really did enter into that conversation uh in the in the press in the lexicon in the in the pop culture of the time um so yeah let's get started and we'll discuss they're they're all uh, all uh you know different ways different dynamics that they're considered the next led zeppelin let's listen to our first track here on history in five songs this is mountain with never in my life never. All right. So Mountain, this is from, uh, climbing, climbing exclamation mark issued March 7th, 1970. Um, you know, I wanted to play you kind of a big, bold, blustery, bluesy number. Mountain was definitely one of those bands that was considered the next Led Zeppelin. Now this is early nineteen seventy. So Zeppelin's got Zeppelin one out and Zeppelin two out, you know, they're just, they're just kind of getting going more or less themselves. Although, you know, in, in rapid, um, succession those two records that made them already stars uh by this point but mountain was considered uh right in the beginning there the the uh the american version of led zeppelin america's led zeppelin uh, you know the american led zeppelin whatever i i can remember a lot of these things uh fr- from a lot of press uh looking at mountain and and why i mean it is the uh the the heavy post british blues boom sound that you're getting out of them so you're getting that transition from boring old regular blues um you know i don't know who who you want to put in here ainsley bun dunbar's retaliation uh, early fleetwood mac and uh free um even the Almond brothers to some extent right at the beginning ah not not really that much more more like fillmore uh you know i always think of whipping Post when i think of this this concept but anyways um Mountain were were one of these uh again that that's blues for metalheads right trying to make the blues interesting but it's heavy it's riffy um this is a band with a guitar hero in it so there's uh there's you know the um definitely the comparison between Leslie West and Jimmy Page. Um, but not so much, uh, you know, not, not the configuration because Leslie is uh, playing guitar and singing and not singing like Robert Plant at all. Um, they actually have a keyboardist, uh, at this point, Steve Knight, uh, Felix Papillardi, Corky Lang, uh, complete the thing. Corky, Corky and John Bonham are kind of a similar sort of thing. Um, you know, both pretty exuberant power drummers. Um, but it's more so this idea of the guitar hero and the type of music they were playing. Mountain, Mountain was definitely uh, exciting, heavy, explosive, post-British blues boom, uh, semi- proto nascent heavy metal uh, just kind of like Led Zeppelin when they were heavy um, so there you go mountain definitely fits this um, pretty interesting this album actually went gold and then Tucket sleigh ride from the next year 1971 also went gold so they had some success this is the first mountain album although there's the messy thing about Leslie West, you know, space dash space mountain. Um, so Leslie West's debut album was called mountain. So in, and it sounds very much like this as well. Um, so, you know you you could argue that that's the debut but no this was this was a big record for them as was nantucket sleigh ride and then they they kind of kind of faded out um you know they they reformed and stuff later on and and did things but this was their their golden period and and black sabbath uh their their first tour of america was with mountain right um so there you go that's mountain um let's take a listen to our second selection this is cactus with oleo <laughs>
1: She leave me, she don't, she slip away. she don't, she leave me, she don't, she slip away.
0: All right, so Cactus, this is from the debut, self-titled debut, July 1st, 1970. They had Restrictions, One Way or Another, and Aught and Sweaty. Um, and then they, they um, you know, self, self-combusted as well. Um, but Cactus was another band that was considered the next Led Zeppelin. Um, you know, interesting, after this, you've got, you've got Beck, Bogart, and Apacy. Which is the same sort of thing when you when you get three guys mentioned like that, um, and one of them is Jeff Beck. So Jeff Beck Truth is is you know that album. A lot of people there's a hot debate about that album being the blueprint for the first Led Zeppelin album or a very similar album, and possibly Zeppelin taking some of the ideas from Jeff Jeff Beck. Um, but you've got Beck, you've got this consummate, amazing bass player, rest in peace, Tim Boger, and you've got Carmine Appice power drummer now again um the, there, there's also the tie back with uh, with cactus Beck Bogart and Apocy back to Vanilla Fudge, of course, and Vanilla Fudge were actually an influence on Led Zeppelin, and certainly Carmine was an influence on John Bonham. Um, so that's pretty interesting. Vanilla Fudge, of course, was uh, was this band that uh, was known for uh, their big ham and organ, um, so big influence on Deep Purple too. But the the big um, you know ham and organ heavy. Um, stretched out interpretations of uh, of other people's songs so they're known for their covers like keep me hanging on stuff like that um but cactus was very much like Mountain at this time, um, and they actually uh, are a little closer to that idea. Well, they they are that idea of the um, the the Who Led Zeppelin classic power trio with a lead singer lineup. Um, their lead singer was Rusty Day. Now, Rusty Day is an interesting, interesting situation. I mean, he was considered a bit of a scary dude. Um, I remember there's the story about him pulling a knife on Ginger Baker, um, but. Uh, But Rusty Day, um, he was he was shot dead June 3rd of 1982. Sadly, with his son. This was he was at home. So this is Rusty, his son, his dog, and a guy named Garth McCray, fatally shot uh, in Rusty's home june 3rd of 1982 and it was considered to to be kind of drug deal related uh there was there's a lot of drugs in in rusty's uh sort of uh, quite fascinating story the other really cool thing about rusty is um you know carmine and tim had, had told me like this guy was uh, and jim mccarty actually so jim mccarty is your guitarist in cactus right um he was encyclopedic in his uh, knowledge of music. You he he could just cover anything almost on the spot. You could jam with him, you know, that consummate way that bands jam when they get together, and, and he could just he could just sing anything. He knew all the lyrics. He was he was almost like an idiot savant with uh, with rock and roll history when it came to lyrics. So, um, so yeah, so you've got you've got this explosive lineup of this uh, of this pretty scary dude, Rusty Day. Um, lead and backing vocals and harmonica, so there you got the tie-in with Robert Plant, um, and you hear that uh, that sort of feel on this on this song, right? Um, and you've got Tim Bogert, you've got Carmine Appice and Jim McCarty. Uh, you know, Jim and Rusty are your Detroit guys. Uh, you know, Cactus as a band, um, they're a, they're a little more East Coast than they are Detroit. Um, I was never a massive fan. Um, you know, it's it's a little more uh, a mix of poppiness, boogie rock, blues, uh more so than um, you know, nascent or uh pushing the modern boundaries of good modern heavy metal riffery. Um so, but this band was also uh, a band that was touted as uh, the next Led Zeppelin. They didn't they didn't get the success that Mountain got, but a very similar sort of catalog to Mountain. You know, they're both kind of kind of dated that uh, that connective tissue between the British blues boom and uh, and metal later. But but that's that's a whole discussion that I think was more or less covered in episode fifty eight blues for metalheads. Um, so there you go, cactus. Let's uh, let's take a short break. We'll be right back. All right, back again, episode 94, the next Led Zeppelin history and five songs with Martin Popoff. Let's take a listen to our third selection as we definitely move up the uh the chain of evolution here. This is Montrose with Bad Motor Scooter. All right, so Montrose definitely deserved that mantle. Uh, An amazing, amazing American band um, of the next Led Zeppelin, and people were absolutely talking about this band as the next Led Zeppelin. This album was a slow burn. Um, It didn't sell very well when it first came out. It was amazing. A lot of metalheads knew about it. It was the first modern heavy metal album. I'm I'm not going to go into that all again, because I think we've covered some of this in previous episodes. But... On this idea of being the next Led Zeppelin, you've got Sammy Hager in there with the same hair as Robert Plant, right? Um, and he's an amazing powerhouse lead singer, um, great frontman. Um, you've got a guitar hero in Ronnie Montrose. He's not that known at this point. He's played with Van Morrison, but his big gig was he's on uh, the only come out at night, Edgar Winner, which went double platinum, right? So he's coming out of that band, had a big falling out with Edgar. He has a big ego. There's a story about... Um, when ronnie was showing bill church his uh his um gold record for uh, they only come out at night um he pulls it out and shows it to him and you know how they got the little picture of the album cover on there and that and that album has a big picture of edgar winter on it ronnie had uh, exacto knifed out uh, that and put his own picture in there uh so um yeah big ego on ronnie um but this band so you've got a guitar hero in ronnie Um, you know, a leader, uh, a leader of the band. So that's kind of Jimmy Page as well. You've got Sammy Hager as the the young, blonde, amazing lead singer. You've got a powerhouse drummer in... um Denny Carmassi, and then you've got Bill Church in the in the John Paul Jones uh, situation. And Bill had a vast, vast history of bands before this. Him and Ronnie were in sawbuck together. He had a band called Wheat Straw Bluegrass and uh, the Blue Stars back in Germany. He was a he was in you know as they call him Army Brat. So he was all over. He lived in England and Germany. Um, so he had a long history of being a rock and roll dude and and really knew his craft uh, by this point. And you know he he um he talks about as well how um. You know, even when he had wheat straw, bluegrass back in Reno, um, you know, there was there was the birth of the power trio, right? and uh and that was kind of the big thing in vogue because of cream and Jimi hendrix and hence this idea of a led zeppelin is essentially a power trio with a lead singer that's the other way people talk about bands like this um but yeah this whole album is just uh full of so much promise and brightness and amazing production from ted templeman montrose was definitely touted as uh the next led zeppelin um and uh and it was all kind of not to be sammy stuck around for one more album um and, uh, and then Sammy was out and off to a solo career. He picked up Bill Church again. Uh, you know, I'll mention one more thing here, which is kind of interesting. So Bill, Bill was telling me the other day that, uh, you know, um, the Sammy Hager band, uh, had Alan Fitzgerald in on keyboards. And one day that, you know, they played a gig and the sound was muddy and he was having all kinds of problems with his bass, uh, and all this. And, uh, and the next, and they played a, a gig shortly after. And I think this was down in, uh, Hollywood, Florida. And, uh, Alan Fitzgerald was late to the gig, uh, because this notorious highway that comes in and, uh, you know, if you didn't get on it early, there's just one highway leading to the venue and, um, uh, you could get caught in traffic. So Alan was with his girlfriend and missed the gig. Um, and they realized that, um, the bad sound and the problems and the muddiness they were having was because of keyboards, because Bill says, I sounded great that night. He says, after the gig, he looked at Sammy. Sammy looked at him and Sammy says, I guess we're a four piece again. They realized that, um, this idea of the four piece is a magical, magical thing. Now, Sammy, of course, also plays guitar. Um, but, uh, but again, here's that, here's that magic of the, uh, of the more or less power trio and, uh, and the Zeppelin-esque feel. So Sammy Hager kind of, at least in a live way, became more of a Zeppelin-esque band that night. All right, let's take a listen to our fourth selection here. This is Diamond Head with Truckin'. Alright, Diamond Head. So yes, Notorious Band uh, of the New Wave of British Heavy Metal. Um, definitely, definitely talked about in uh, Kerrang! and Sounds and all that as the next Led Zeppelin. And why they've got this this really strong songwriter in Brian Tatler. He's writing everything. He's he's just comes up with great riffs and great songs, song after song. But, you know, the first album, possibly a little overrated. It's a little loose. It could use some editing. It's not well recorded. The next album was also even a bit of a disaster then they changed again um but you know they actually change by the time they get to uh, their third album canterbury they are they're actually even more led zeppelin-esque so they're they're trying a lot of different things there's acoustic there's pop there's the heaviness there's kind of the mystical feel to the whole thing um so they are kind of fulfilling their promise a little bit by the time they get to the third album. Um, and then of course, yeah, the lead singer is Sean Harris. He's also a strong personality, great voice. Um, also a, um, a bit of an eccentric guy, a songwriter. So him and Brian are kind of button heads. Um, but I wanted to play you a song from their reunion album, uh, Death and Progress, issued in 93. Truckin', I thought, uh, I think this is my favorite Diamond Head song of all time, uh, and yet it's not from the, um, you know, the quote-unquote golden era. Um, But what a great song, and I also wanted to play it because I feel it, it... Actually, feels like it has the progressive spirit of Led Zeppelin in it. Um, an interesting thing about this song is that is that uh, Dave Mustaine guests on it on guitar, and he's the producer and the mixer of the song. Tony Iommi actually guests on Starcrossed on the uh, the first song in this album. Truckin' is the second song. Stupid title for an amazing, amazing, really cool, complicated heavy metal song. Uh, beautifully recorded, uh, and I guess we can thank Dave Mustaine for that. But no, I wanted to play you something that yeah, I also wanted to protest the overrating of early diamond head, uh, because I, I, I almost think, um, slightly contrary, very contrarian point of view, because lightning to the nations is considered a classic and it is, it's a new wave of British heavy metal classic, but I, I think the death and progress album is, uh, is super underrated. They, they obviously went on and they've had two different lead singers, uh, hence and, uh, and done, I think it's three, three, four ish, uh, more albums, uh, in recent times, uh, Um, but, uh, but this is the one that kind of just sits there in the middle. And I think it's a pretty cool album. So that was trucking and absolutely diamond head, uh, is a good choice for uh, a band that was considered the next Led Zeppelin. So we've gone from, um, 1970 to 1970, literally March to July, 1970 Montrose was 1973. We're up to 1993. And, uh, and we're going to take another leap uh, up to 2011. Uh, so take a listen to this. This is Black Country Communion with The Outsider. All right, Black Country Communion, June 13th, 2011. Um, Bit of a wearing and tearing vibe to that one, right? Wearing and tearing riff. Um, so that's, uh, I believe that's the first track on, uh, on the second album, uh, two. Uh, so they had an album out in 2010, 2011, 2012, and 2017. Obviously this band, there's the drama between Joe Bonamassa. He's loving his solo career. He gets to be the boss. It's doing well. Um, so he's, he's, there's always this problem with him and Glenn. Glenn wants to do more black country communion all the time. Joe Bonamassa, not so much. Um, but, uh, but an amazing band. And I always, you know, may, maybe other people have talked about this band as the next Led Zeppelin, but I certainly did in the press all the time, uh, as, as this band being the second coming of Led Zeppelin. I love black country communion. You've got Glenn Hughes, super strong, uh, singer in there with a storied history trapeze and, uh, and, uh, deep purple, mainly mostly, um, a little bit of black Sabbath, a little bit of uh, Hughes thrall, um, huge, huge long solo career. Um, but uh so he's the singer but he's also the bass player so it doesn't quite fit the you know the, the power trio with uh, frontman format uh you got a guitar hero a blues guitar hero in Joe Bonamassa you've got Derek Sherinian on keyboard so that's not exactly matching maybe he's the Steve Knight right he's the mountain guy and then of course on drums you've got Jason Bonham who um you know I get heck for this all the time but I I think he's uh, in many ways a better drummer than his dad was uh and I love his drumming he's one of my favorite drummers of all time He just, just tears it up on these, uh, these four black country communion albums. He's amazing. Um, but, uh, but there's a big link to Led Zeppelin, um, and, uh, and you know, why you can consider this band the next Led Zeppelin. But, you know, the main reason is, is that they're just super dynamic, action packed, lots going on, um. And, uh, and they're, they're like the second coming of classic rock in a way, you know, here they are operating, making this, this kind of really cool, pretty heavy music. I mean, they're a pretty heavy band. They also do acoustic Led Zeppelin type things and bluesy type Zeppelin type things. So, um... Definitely a uh, a good um, a, a good example of this idea of the the next Led Zeppelin. Of course, Glenn Hughes is now in dead daisies. You can consider bands like that uh, to be kind of continuing you know vaguely in this idea of uh, of the next Led Zeppelin as well. All right, wanted to wanted to do a few honorable mentions here because there's actually quite a few. Um, Robert Plant. Uh, the next Led Zeppelin, uh, certainly on the first album and the second album, I would say as well, uh, but certainly the first album, uh, Pictures at 11, then Principal at Mo- of Moments. He was very Zeppelin-esque. Bad Company, Bad Company is, is post-free, they're post-British blues boom, they're on Swan Song, but they have that power trio lineup. Um, and so, and they're, and they're a mix of blues and heaviness and acoustics. So they're, they're considered somewhat the next Led Zeppelin have been Van Halen eh, a little bit. You know, they've got that same kind of lineup power, trio. you know, a, um, guitar hero, uh, power trio with lead singer, David Lee Roth, strong front man, um, the firm, uh here here we've got a super group with jimmy you know anchored by jimmy page and another swan song artist paul rogers um and uh, and they're making this super group it's not particularly zeppelin-esque sounding tony franklin cool bassist in that band uh we talked about beck Bogart, Bogart and apathy um you know blue murder uh with uh, you know uh, john sykes uh Guitar hero Carmen Apice in there. Um, The Tea Party from Canada here. I mean, wow. Talk about the next Led Zeppelin. I mean, check these guys out, especially their second album, uh, Edges of Twilight. Uh, Triptych, Seven Circles, I think it's called. Um, Yeah, amazing, amazing stuff. This is a band that uh, is sounding uh, very much like the moody mystical, um, you know, cashmere esque Led Zeppelin, but with a guy that looks like, and sounds like Jim Morrison on vocals. Um, and, uh, yeah, absolutely. Jeff Martin, uh, power trio as well. Um, so that's kind of interesting. Um, but yeah, check, check the band out. Canadian band, uh, absolutely almost like a mythic heroic version of the next Led Zeppelin and those guys. Um, When we did Led Zeppelin in the hair metal episode, Kingdom Come, remember that whole story, Badlands... Uh, again, same sort of lineup, bluesy, hard rock, Salty Dog with my buddy, Michael Hannon. Um, same kind of thing, very Zeppelin-esque. The Bonham Band itself, Collision. I think those were all the ones we covered in that episode. Um, you know, Detective, but going back to 76, 77 on Swan Song, that was a bit of a super group put together. It sounded a little bit like Presence in Through the Outdoor uh, version Zeppelin. The Black Crows might might consider them somewhat of, uh, of that idea. Uh, and of course, Greta Van Fleet, they they um, you know in in many ways derided as Ze- Zeppelin clones and and trying to be too self important like Led Zeppelin. You might be able to tell I'm not a big fan. Uh, you know at the time um, I would say the same way that Aerosmith was kicking the butts of the Rolling Stones in certain ways. Um, Aerosmith was also kicking the butts of Led Zeppelin, um, but also in that same idea, Queen was kind of kicking the butts of uh, of Led Zeppelin just by being way way more creative during led zeppelin's reign i thought i thought queen was somewhat the next led zeppelin although they aren't really talked about that way i'm sure i'm sure you could find reviews that do that though a uh, heart Heart is an interesting one. Heaviness, acousticness. They loved Led Zeppelin. They covered Led Zeppelin. Uh, So the melange of songs across those albums are are somewhat Zeppelin-esque. Zebra. uh, Zebra was actually a Zeppelin tribute band. And uh, so they obviously covered Zeppelin. But, uh, you know, Who's Behind the Door and all that sound very Zeppelin-esque. So that was a band. Uh, from florida i believe um i think they had uh they had three three albums i don't know they might have re- reunited later but they made a bit of a stir with that first album um bears i think was one of their songs uh as well we talked a little bit about nazareth you know black sabbath no i mean people did not talk about black sabbath as the next led zeppelin but black sabbath deep purple your eye heap led zeppelin were always compared and especially black sabbath to led zeppelin because of the uh the exact same lineup front man uh, three guys on instruments so there you go oh yeah i have one other one led zeppelin with jason bonham right um there's the next led zeppelin i wish it would have been the next led zeppelin because what a powerhouse band but but i mean do, do you really want these guys to go into studio and write songs yes i do uh <laughs> but anyways um no that that in a way was uh was the next led zeppelin i mean there was that there was that kind of false start that bad sort of situation where they got together for the Amateur to gun. Atlantic thing um or is that two separate times i I, I can never remember that uh, but anyways um it, no one was happy with uh, the situation but but when zeppelin played o2 it was it was pretty pretty darn amazing and Jason Bonham did an amazing job so there you go that was episode 94, the next Led Zeppelin. Lots and lots of examples there. If you like this show and want to support future episodes, please go to ko rhymes with no fee, uh, at ko-fee.com, uh, uh, ko-fee.com, slash Popoff. You can hit that red support button and buy me a coffee or a pint. Um, on that front this week, um, to be thanked are... Uh, let's see here. We've got Bruce Campbell, Simon Cole, Tim Durling. Uh, I might've mentioned this before, but he did uh, an episode of our YouTube show, the contrarians with Marco on Queensryche. Uh, Marco and him are going to do something again, uh, soon. Tim did an awesome job there. Uh, David Fisher, Jeremy French, Paul Gaspari, Kevin Latham, Jason Leonard, Melissa Nee. I just went on her podcast, right? Metal chat with Melissa. We had a great chat. She really knows her stuff. Uh, Augustin Garcia de Paredes, uh, Brian Sager, Barry Smith, David Smith, and Daniel Wagner. Um, you can go to martinpopoff.com for all your book needs uh, latest ones uh, that we're still still selling kind of regularly is uh, the sweet book the angel book definitely flaming telepaths uh, is still steadily selling uh, even even selling some uh, prints of the illustrations I did in there that's kind of working out okay pretty neat um, and uh, and the big busy busy one uh, right now is the driven book rush in the 90s and in the end so that's all at uh, martinpopoff.com you you can email me or message me um, because i'm not putting this at, at my site but i do have also copies of uh, the first of the rush trilogy anthem in paperback um but eh, a lot of people don't need that so i'm not even going to put it at the site but if you want one let me know um there you go uh go listen to some of this uh kind of if you like led zeppelin you might like these bands situation bye for now Find
1: all of our shows, notes, social, and links at www.pantheonpodcast.com or wherever you listen to great podcasts. All songs can be found for purchase on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Please purchase these great and important tracks. Find us on Facebook at The r We are on Instagram at r Archaeology. Tweet us